From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. James, it's great to be back with you. How are you today? Uh, running around rapid, but uh, doing well. And yourself, Steve? Doing well as well, and I, I know the feeling. Um, it, we are uh, recording the beginning of 2024, and it's been uh, a, a really uh, frenetic pace to the start of the year, and a lot, lots to do, and a lot, lot of things that are upcoming. So uh, I think... Uh, it's, it's a common feeling for most people in the AV industry these days. Um, Great. We, one of the things that uh, I've been thinking about and, and something that I think is important to discuss is um, how do you make uh, a programmer well-rounded? We, we talk a lot about uh, the technical skills and it's really important to go to training and get your certification and, and be able to demonstrate that you can uh, accomplish different tasks and and um, and programmers really take a lot of pride in and and the things that they can do and and how good their code is. Now that really fits the bill in certain roles, but not all roles, because programmers also tend to have to be client facing. You 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 are a lot of times the the last one in the room when the client is accepting a system. Um, for me, my my developers they they need to be able to. Um, manage their projects and and be able to be involved in those uh, that dialogue and and sometimes it's um, it has to do with exchanging information sometimes it has to do with scope management sometimes it has to do with scheduling there's a lot of aspects of that and and that requires a lot of professional skills that we don't always talk about so um, James what what do you think are some of the most more important non technical skills that uh, that you've seen. And and how do you feel about um, rating them? You know, amongst uh, the 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 skills that a programmer needs to be successful. I want to say probably my number one top is um, communicating with your end users, interaction with them. That you cannot use jargon. You can't talk down to them. You can't talk like you. You have to attack the conversation very almost politically, because even if it's if you're designing a system, you gotta understand that our users they're not gonna know what we know. They're not gonna know the terms we know. They may call something the wrong name. They might say I want this, but they really mean something else. And we can't go, well, you're wrong. You want this. That's going to actually cause a lot of friction. So being able to connect and relate to your uh, users, I think, is number one. And being able to go, okay, I hear what you're saying. You're saying you want this, but really what you're looking for is this option. And this is the option we really should look at that's going to achieve your goal. You're not saying the user is wrong. You're just guiding them to the right course of action. Yeah, I like that. I, I I think part of a programmer's job, if you're if you're really understanding it well, is is translating. It's translating what somebody says that they want to what may be what they really are asking for, which may also then lead to what they might be best for them. And and as you said, it's you have to really be careful to navigate and be be careful to come across properly and and uh, and and be able to communicate clearly and and make the 
the, the client or whomever is making those decisions feel like like they have uh, authority and an and input and and like you said never want to talk down to somebody i like that and i i think that goes through any role um i find like we were just talking about a little bit before off air is um i mentioned last week i was providing training for my team and i had a couple different scenarios and one of the scenarios my team had to go through was dealing with a upset presenter and i actually had my boss come in pretend to be the upset presenter and the one i had the team uh, my team broken up into two different teams and they competed against each other made a little gamification well the one team the person who went to help the upset faculty member was able to make that connection that he wouldn't get upset. He tried to drive the conversation into being upset, but he couldn't because she escalated the situation, handled it well, and all that stuff. He he just couldn't get upset. Um, so that's again any skills, but even us programmers, and I I think it's even more critical for programmers because we are so inclined to understand line code and we kind of forget that we got to deal with people yeah well you just said i think a lot of people should take note of because i wonder how many actually take the time to do that role playing do set up situations where you're you're really training and arming your team with the skills that they need to diffuse conflict and to to help navigate through situations it's almost like sales if you think about it you're yeah. you're trying to overcome objectives and and uh, I I think more people should be doing stuff like that. I know more people should be doing stuff like that. And and that's that's kind of my point in this topic is that we, we spend a lot of time focusing on the technical, but but these other areas, if you don't help your team grow and you don't help your team um develop that muscle, how can you expect that they're going to be effective? It's not something that it comes naturally to a programmer that you know, may come naturally to somebody who is a people person by nature. A lot of programmers are the introverts, as we've discussed there. They like to kind of keep to themselves and they like to be in front of a computer. That's why they chose that path. But in the AV industry, AV programmers also have to be able to communicate. And I'm sure in other industries too, but, but I think AV programmers, they, they need, they're part of a team. They're a part of multiple multidisciplinary team and they have to be able to to talk to different people uh communicate their needs and and um and help to provide insight i think otherwise they're not going to be as effective oh yeah it's i agree well around it you can have a very very strong programmer and you probably even say the best in the world but if they can't deal with your clients you're going to hurt the business. It doesn't and matter I, how good they are programming. I'd also say that they need to get along with the people on their team and they need to be able to, to help others and to, to uh, communicate with the, the different um, members uh, that are like a manager per se. If you can't work with your manager, again, no matter how good you are at your job, you're probably going to eventually be moved aside because managers need to be able to manage. And if you're not manageable, 
that that's uh, going to be a, a, a fatal flaw, I believe. Yeah, and um, I, I use this as an example a lot of times when I'm talking, especially when I'm coaching. Um, uh, I use this as an example is during I can't remember which World Cup it was. It was recent, but um, Costa Rica is a team that should not have gone far in the World Cup. They're not. They don't have those powerhouses. Those you know they don't have a Messi and a Ronaldo. Um, but they actually made it to the World Cup final. They did not win, but they made it to the final because they played well as a team. And But the example I uh, use when I'm talking to teams is they had one player who was semi-name. He wasn't a big name, but, you know, he, he was well-known. And the coach went to him. He's like, I need you to be my first player off the bench. That was a role he needed him to play. And the guy's like, I'm not, a, I, I don't ride the bench. Coach goes, go home. He didn't go to the World Cup because he wouldn't play the role that he need, was needed for the team. So it, that always very much reminds me of Ted Lasso. Yes. <laughs> great, great show. And it's uh, yes. such everything about that to me applies to business. It's such a, I mean, it, it's, I, uh, of, of, uh, you know, for me, I, it checks a lot of boxes because I'm a sports fan. I like the business aspect and I like the comedy, but it, mm-hmm. uh, it, it spoke to the same part where we're, we're about a team, not necessarily individuals, which is, uh, is a commonly said term. Yeah. Nope. I agree. Taylor Lasso is definitely another great show. I agree. <laughs> I love it. The, um, the, the other thing that I would, would want to add to this is that we also have to look at the fact that we're, trying to help a business succeed. And I think that there's different aspects of that, that a programmer needs to take more ownership and they need to be conscious of their time management. You, you, if you, you can program the best, you know, perfect system, but if it takes you five times longer than what's budgeted, that likely isn't going to lead to success in the long run. Um, that's one of the other things and, and organizational skills for me, has always been one that I felt is a good secret weapon, being able to know where your information is, be able to access it quickly and be able to, to have, um, have your details sorted out. Um, I think it is very critical from a project to project basis. I agree. Um, definitely. And it's hard sometimes to keeping on top of projects and that time management side, but it's, a very key element because like you said, you're spending too much time on one project. You're not being profitable. You guys think as it is a business. We are here and make money. Um, everything you do costs money. Your time costs money. So you got to make sure you're putting into where it's profitable for the business and yourself. So I guess that kind of boils down to the fact that um, is it important for AV programmers to be a little bit more business savvy and, and, and how does that weigh in? You know, if you were to look at somebody and say that they were um, an elite level programmer, but really um, a, a novice on the business side versus having more of a 50, 50, you know, um, uh, what, what, what is, what, what do you think would be a good mix? Oh, that that's a tough one because 
I, I think what it really boils down to is each scenario, each team is going to be different. Um, if you have a large-scale team and you can have someone who can really focus on the business side but understands the programming, great. While someone else who might be a little stronger on the programming side, a little less on the business, they can balance each other out. The key is be balanced as a whole organization, a whole team. If you are like a two-person shop, you that balance needs to be a little more important be, uh, instead of a large-scale team where you might be 100 people. Uh, you can have a little unbalance. Um, I kind of think of it this way. And I don't, I don't want to lose our audience, so I'm going to be real quick. It's like a saltwater aquarium. The smaller tanks are easier to get balanced, but one little mistake can really throw it off. A larger tank is harder to get balanced, but once you get balanced, little mistakes do not throw it off. I like that. That makes That's a great analogy. It makes a lot of sense, too. And it, it kind of talks about, you know, less margin for error as you're bigger and yeah. and you can have more specialists and you can have more people on an expert level versus a jack of all trades or somebody who's multifaceted that is really a requirement for a smaller team and and I I could relate to that very much I mean in in transparency I I have a, an engineering background and I was a programmer for many years but I never considered myself to be an elite level programmer, but I was able to get jobs done and, and I was able to use uh, complementary skills to be able to take care of what needed to be taken care of, to be able to complete projects and to be able to make a business successful. Um, I, I wasn't a poor programmer, but I wasn't I wouldn't consider myself one of the best programmers, but I was effective because I was able to balance those skills. So I, I think that really makes a lot of the point that we're trying I, to talk about. I definitely agree with you there because I'm definitely not an elite programmer either, but I can balance it. I got jobs done. They're stable and uh, move forward. But uh, so I think that's really key is being able to get that safe ability on the business side and on the programming side that you can move it forward. Um, because I, I see too many people who might be so business-focused, but they can't move the programming side forward and vice versa. So heavy on the programming, but they can't move the business forward. So that that kind of like brings us probably to a close in, in, in this episode, but it's an interesting conversation to have. And I, and I, I wonder how many people out there in the audience are thinking about this. And I would say those that are looking at uh, somebody who has um, more well-rounded, that's pro you're probably looking at a career path maybe that you can look into management or you can look into trying to be um, a supervisor of a team versus if you are an elite uh, developer, that's where you look at trying to help to train and trying to help to bring others up to speed, assuming that that's comfortable for you. But it's... Um, it, the, it's probably a good way of looking at what what could be some um, signs of the next step in a career path. Yeah, um, talked about definitely that always previous. looking at the next step. We've talked about that in previous shows, so I just wanted to kind of tease that a little bit and and uh, allude to uh, some of our past episodes. So, um, at 
uh, that's probably a good place for us to stop. Um, how could people get in touch with you, learn more about what you're up to and, um, and uh, keep this conversation going? Uh, they can always reach out to me. Uh, I'm on X at AV underscore James King, Sunday mornings, the AV and the AM hashtag. Uh, LinkedIn, I'm on there as well. Um, anything with HEPMA, so the, out there as well. And again, Google me, you'll find me. You don't do very much. Yeah, no, not much at all. Uh, for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media. You can reach my company, Control Concepts, at controlconcepts.net. Um, and what's more important to us is that you uh, follow and um, subscribe and, and like and share episodes of Ask the Programmer. We'd like to hear from you. We'd like to answer some more questions. We recently had a series where we answered questions from a student from Pace University. Um, we have had um, the media on. We've had other uh, programmers or people who um, are curious about programming. So please reach out to us. We'll either um, take your questions and answer them or we'll invite you on the show. But we'd like to uh, continue that theme and have more voices heard and, and make sure that we're covering the topics that everybody wants to learn more about. Um, you can reach us um, on YouTube, on your favorite podcast player, and also on Twitter at AV Programmer Pod. And with that, this has been Ask the Programmer.